everyone. Welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Julia. And today I'm super excited because not only are we talking about one of my favorite series, one of my feminine icons, one of my favorite people, but we're also doing it with one of my really, really good friends, Kimberly Bright. Welcome, Kim. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We're so glad to have you. I'm so excited to be here. This is so good. Yeah, you kind of get to kick off our spooky season. Like, this is our first October episode. The best season by far. (laughs) Oh my gosh, right? I mean, I think I'm the only one here who's partial to the Christmas season. You are. But (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry to fail you. But in my defense... I am the only one here who currently lives where the weather isn't like 90 degrees. Okay, yeah, that's fair. It's that's really bad here. true. <laughs> I so. am currently in Michigan, so the weather is not 90 degrees. It's oh, like 70, so I get to wear my flannels. And then everyone thinks I'm crazy because it's 70 degrees outside. You should be wearing shorts and a t-shirt. I'm in Florida, and I broke a sweat getting my mail this morning, so there's that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> is it? Is it no, amazing? No. It's my personal hell. Yeah, it's really not great. <laughs> oh, Kim, I'm so sorry. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate the sympathy. I Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Oh, man. I've only been to Florida a couple of times, and each time I just I – I felt like I had to shower every time I came back from outside. Yeah, you just kind of get used to a constant state of dampness, mm-hmm. which is incredibly <laughs> unpleasant, but um it, it's life. So it's I'm going to I'm going to trigger a bunch of people and just say the word moist. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> that's uh that's what it's like living in Florida. Kim and I did the Disney College program together. Oh. So we really became friends during the sweatiest period of our lives. Yeah, and if we couldn't be friends then, then it was just never going to work out. So right, I'm sure right. glad that we uh, made it through that stage. Uh huh. If you can't have me at my sweatiest, you can't have me at all. Right. You don't deserve it. Yeah. All right. Shall we get started? Yes. Maybe? Let's do Possibly. it. Uh, so we have a couple of housekeeping things before we move into the episode. Um, the first one is we have a new little link in our link tree on our Instagram called bias a book. I know Kim's face is just like, huh? It's like, yes, that's exactly. Um, so for those of you that listen all the way through our episodes, we do talk about our Patreon all of the time in like our outro, but bias a book is cool because if you don't want to subscribe to our Patreon, you can do like a one-time donation sort of thing by clicking on that link. And it's like connected through PayPal and there are different levels plus a custom option. So if you're like me and you freak out with subscriptions and you like constantly have to micromanage your bank account, the bias a book option might be for you. But you don't get all of the cool stuff that you would get with Patreon, except for our gratitude. So um, <laughs> check it out if you're interested in that. Also, you can leave a comment. And if you want to help me get a ticket to Scotland, that is a good way to do it. So buy us a book in our link tree on our Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. Yeah. Bring Julia to Scotland. Yeah. Maybe we'll <laughs> rename it that. Well, I'm just going to sort of kick it off then with a summary. Does anybody have any issues with that? 
No? Let's do it. So this is a summary for Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase. After receiving a call from her friend, Helen Corning, Nancy agrees to help solve a baffling mystery. Helen's aunt Rosemary has been living with her mother at the old family mansion, and they have noticed many strange things. They have heard music, thumps, and creaking noises at night, and seen eerie shadows on the walls. Could the house be haunted? Just as soon as she hangs up the phone, a strange man visits Nancy's house to warn her and her father that they are in danger because of a case he is working on. This warning leads Nancy and her father to search for the missing Willie Wharton, a landowner, who can prove he signed away his land to the railroad and saved the railroad from a lawsuit. Will Nancy be able to find the missing landowner and discover how these mysteries are related? Oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was just about to make that noise. <laughs> that means we've been doing this together so long. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> it's been like six months at this point, right? I know. We're basically professionals. Essentially, yeah. Shall I hit you up with some fun facts? Do I love it. a good fun fact. Please. Yay! I do too. For those of you that don't know, Carolyn Keene is not a real person, uh, the author of Nancy Drew. It is a pen. I know, right? It's a pen name that ghostwriters have used. So the ghostwriter for the first 23 Nancy Drew books uh, is named Mildred A. Wirt. Benson. And she wrote under the Stratemeyer Syndicate uh, with the name Carolyn Keene from 1929 to 1947. That's such a long time. Good for her. I know, Honestly. So uh, Stratemeyer, the guy that like owned the company, essentially he I've seen this on a couple of different places. He came up with the idea of a girl detective and then Mildred was the one that was giving her like all of the personality that we love from Nancy today. So she gave Nancy all of the bones, all of the like assertiveness, all of the sassiness, all of the intelligence. Like he had the idea, but she was like, all right, let me, let me have it. Um, and, and the Hidden Staircase is her personal favorite of all of the Nancy Drew books she's written. So that is pretty dang cool. That is a good fun fact. I know. <laughs> I was very excited to see it. So Thanks. that's actually one of the reasons when um, when y'all asked me kind of what book I feel autumnal about and like just feel super in season when reading, I I knew Nancy Drew, just the mystery and, and the history behind it and everything like really just feels super in season at this time of year mm-hmm. but knowing that that book was a favorite and it has like all of the classic haunted house mystery it just added like yeah. that extra level of okay this is the right one this is the one yes absolutely yeah wonderful choice kim how many nancy drew books have you read oh my gosh so many <laughs> <laughs> So growing up, I actually read pretty much the entire Nancy Drew Girl Detective series, which Mm -hmm. came out in the early 2000s. And there are almost 30 books in that series alone, not even including all of like the original series or the series that came after that. Um, Any new books that have come out really since then. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that growing up, I was a super avid reader or anything like that. But you could always find me with a Nancy Drew book. It was just one of those things that like I could sit down as like a non-reader and just read it cover to cover in a day. 
And so I loved that entire series. Yeah, so many books and they're all so good. They really are. Nancy Drew is honestly the best. Julia, how many have you read? Do you know? Uh, No, I don't know. I know that um, at my dad's house, they had a lot of Nancy Drew books. And so I read a lot of those like on the weekend. And and they did have like the different levels of it. Because I feel like the girl detective ones were the like size of Magic Treehouse, right? Mm -hmm. They were like paperback and about that size. I remember reading at least three of those. And then we had like Nancy Drew college years ones that were kind of like (laughs) Sweet Valley high looking, but Nancy Drew. And I read a few of those. I did read a lot of the original ones. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many, I would say comfortably, probably 30. Nice. Way to be. Thanks. What about you, Maggie? Tell us. Um, well, I've read all of like the yellow binding Nancy Drews. What is that? Mm-hmm. 56 or 57 um, of them? I don't remember. I think there is 63. 63. Hang on. Okay. There's so, many. <laughs> There's so many and they have all of them in the back of their book. 64. 64. Mm-hmm. So I've read all of those. I read a few of the Nancy Drew girl detective ones when I was really young. I think that might have been my first introduction just because they were smaller and a bit easier mm-hmm. to read. And then I remember this obscure Nancy Drew book that I read when I was nine years old. You guys have to tell me if you read this. Okay. It was Nancy Drew on the Titanic. And there was a love triangle with Ned Nickerson and one of the Hardy Boys. Did you okay. read this? Yes. yes. A hundred percent. Okay. I feel like that's a fever dream because a lot of the books of that time, like really dug into fascination in the Titanic. Like I know yes. there was a, like a, the Treehouse books um, had one and um, oh gosh, there's another series that had it, but like I loved the Titanic growing up. It is I know that that's weird. Like I know. That's no, totally. Weird thing. But like that book feels like a fever dream and it totally exists yes. somewhere in the world because I remember it so clearly. I remember the cover. It's like, yes, it's like Ned holding Nancy in this passionate, they're about to kiss and like the boat is sinking behind them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to find this. I have never in my life heard of this book. Maggie, I feel like you just unlocked a memory that was so deep in my in my brain it's, from my formative years. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm honestly so glad because I feel like I'm the only person who has read that book and I don't know how to find it, but I want to so badly. I definitely know how I'm going to be spending my afternoon. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> amazing. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You are so welcome. (laughs) So, I mean, we kind of went over how many Nancy Drew books have you read, all of that that fun stuff, uh, and we all read them in childhood. Do you remember when and how you came across Nancy Drew? For me, I think that – so I was super scared of everything as a kid, but I loved mystery. I loved not really knowing what was next. And like whenever we had like a scholastic book fair or anything like that, I always gravitated towards the back where I had like the fingerprinting kits and, mm, and like the, yes. the how to be a sleuth type person. And 
I remember that there was like a Nancy Drew like package that you could get like a fingerprinting kit and like a little black light with a pen and it had a Nancy Drew book in it and like a little notebook so that you could sleuth. And I remember circling that in my Scholastic Fair um, packet and my mom actually let me get it and she never like bought into those gimmicky things before, but I guess since I had a book with it and it wasn't just like this fun <laughs> fingerprinting kit, like she let me get it. And so I read the book and I loved the book. I I can't remember which one, which book it was, but I remember that that was kind of like my introduction. And then from there, like we would go to Borders. I don't know if y'all remember Borders. Yeah. Um, so my sister was an avid reader and we would go and we would spend hours there and she would come out with piles of books. And like, I just went to the Nancy Drew section because I loved that book so much and I wanted more. And so she left with her stack of everything and I left with my stack of Nancy Drew. And that's kind of where that evolved from. Nice. Love that. Yeah. I know I started reading Nancy Drew when I was seven or eight in second grade. And I think it was just one of those books that I read for class. We had to read a certain amount of books and take tests on them to test our reading levels. Mm -hmm. And then I just kept reading them. I don't really remember how else I would have really come across them, honestly. Yeah. I mean, for me, just having them in my home yeah, was, was really the only reason that mm-hmm. I read them. I don't know if my older siblings were reading them and I was interested. I don't know if they were like, oh, hey, Julia, you should read this. I, I just know I read them when I was younger. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, Kim, do you have a favorite line or section that you would like to share with us? So I do. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So I actually, um, I have the Libby app. I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with Libby. Yes. So love it. I have, I have a really long commute, like an hour each way. And so I've been downloading a lot of audiobooks lately and downloaded this one on audiobook. So I didn't have like the traditional like read through like uh-huh. I did the original time. Um and it's almost kind of like a radio play. Like it had the sound effects and it had the music and like, it felt like I could just like cuddle up with some tea in front of the jukebox and listen to it. Um, I love that. Thank you. You should really listen to the audiobook. It was so, it was so good. They had like the kind of music, like the da da da. And it yes. was so good. I loved it so much, but I literally pulled my car off to the side to write this one down it's really not profound so something <laughs> that, that like about the nancy drew books is they are not always like the deepest when no. it comes to to the actual like words in it but this one made me cackle okay so i loudly <laughs> i wonder if we wrote down the same line I'm so ready i guys. feel like we might have maggie <laughs> It just, I, I literally pulled over my car and and wrote it down in my phone. Um, so I'll just read like a little passage of it. Helen Morning had collapsed on a chair in the parlor, a hand over her face. Helen, what happened? Nancy asked, reaching her friend's side. Out there, looking in the window. Helen pointed to the front window of the parlor next to the hall. The most horrible face I ever saw. Was it a man's face? Nancy asked. <laughs> And I lost it. <laughs> I absolutely lost it. Like they, I know that that wasn't the intent for that line to come across, but it was the most horrible face I ever saw. Was it a man's face? <laughs> Just 
I I just I cackled so hard and went back and listened to it multiple times. And Sometimes <laughs> with these Nancy Drew books, and I find this every time I reread one is some of the lines are so savage without yeah. trying to be. Yeah. And that's one of them. I was just like, okay, they really went there. They put that out into the world. They did that for us. Thank, Thank you. you. Melody knew you. what she was doing. Absolutely. She clearly hated men. A hundred percent. And I gosh. just that one that one will stick with me, I think. I need that on a shirt. I would absolutely sport oh a shirt God. with like Nancy Drew on it saying <laughs> it was the most horrible face I ever saw. Was it a man's face? <laughs> uh, we'll have to put that in our merch. <laughs> yes. I would buy all of the merch. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh my gosh. All right, Maggie, was it the same? It was not the same. And there I did two different cackle moments. <laughs> I didn't write down the context and I feel like I should have for a build up to this incredible line but i'm just gonna read the line to you it honestly sounds so inappropriate (laughs) okay there are times when i'd like to thrash the man till he begged for mercy (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh no that's carson drew right that's her dad yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) what I love that. Is is Carson Drew a gay icon? He might be. Probably. I just I love I love that. I had to put the book down. I was like, oh my god. I read this when I was eight. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. Well, well, mine is Julia. not as funny as either of yours. So we're just gonna bring it back down. Um, I didn't actually like save any specific line or section to share. I just, my favorite part of the book, I think was when they were going through the costumes in the attic and then Mm -hmm. they all got dressed up and then went downstairs and danced together. Like Helen in men's clothes, Nancy in this like beautiful green dress. And then suddenly they have to run outside and talk to a policeman that's like guarding the perimeter. And he's looking at them like, what the heck you wearing? And they're like, we're having a party. That is one of my like favorite parts of the book. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's so wholesome. And like, we've all done something like that before. Like, it's just, it's so fun and so whimsical, and Mm -hmm. I want to be there. Like, I want to do that right now. Yeah, and it was, like, in the middle of, like, spooky stuff is happening in the house, and they decided to lighten it a little bit by having a costume party. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, I love that. Yes, Miss Flora. I loved it for them. And it's such a great way to sort of alleviate the tension. Mm -hmm. We forget about the problems that are happening. And it honestly, like, the moment was just so tender. Like, Miss Flora was talking about, oh, we had, like, this masquerade. And, like, when my dad was really little, like, he heard the party and he came down and got to hang out with everybody and then fell asleep Mm -hmm. while he was eating his cake. Like, it reminded me a lot of, like, those moments, like, sitting with my grandma and, like, hearing her stories of just what growing up was like. And it was just so sweet and so tender. Like that part stands out so strongly in my mind. And I love it. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. Well, then Kim or Julia, whoever wants to answer first, if you could bring something from the book into your world, what would it be and why? So I, this one isn't super specific to the this particular book in general, but just Nancy Drew, um, her Blue Roadster. I would drive the heck out of that thing. And I know that it's like technically in the book, but like I would ride that anywhere. Like scarf and like scarf over the hair, sunglasses, top down, riding into the sunset. I would absolutely love her roadster. Who wouldn't? That is the answer. That's That's the only answer. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Get out of here, Julia. You don't want the roadster? I did have that thought, but then I was thinking about like the book specifically and how it has hidden staircases and secret passages in it. And I was like, that would be cool. Growing up, I'm from a super small town in New York and it was pretty prominent during um, like the Underground Railroad. And a lot of the historical houses and buildings still in that town still have like underground passageways and like (gasps) false like corridors in between rooms. And I remember one of my really good friends growing up lived right down the street in a historical house right down the street from like our church. And so we would go there and they had like a hidden passageway in between their bedroom and like their playroom that you could go down and like get outside of the house through that and I this again this was like during when I was reading the Nancy Drew series for the first time and it's just it's so interesting and so unique and like those buildings still exist and I I would also love to have one I don't even need to build it myself. Like I will renovate it. I'll do a little Chip and Joanna Gaines action and make it cute. But yeah, it's so interesting. And it was such a cool like experience growing up to like actually have a house like that. Like I could play Nancy Drew in real life. Oh, Oh, that is amazing. And I'm so jealous. So cool. Yeah, it was the neatest thing. My house was not that cool, but... I got I'm to hang sorry. out with other people who did that. But you have a friend house. that had that. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, that's yes. amazing. Yes, it was so cool. This is before Nancy and Ned really become a thing, yeah. like the second book in the series. So two questions. The first one, is there any, is there anyone in this book that you have a quote-unquote crush on? And then I'll get to the second question after we answer this one. I mean, Ned is my ride or die, so no. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Kim, how about you? Okay, so don't come for me, but Flora is so sassy that, like, if I were older, I would absolutely love to be in Flora's company. She's so sassy, and, like, when Mm -hmm. she's all held up in bed and and sick and and whatever, she's still like, no, I want to see... I want to see the passage. You are going to show me the passage. And I think that she would just be really cool. So... I'm going to have to go Okay. Nice. But my second question is, how do we feel about Nancy's date, Dirk? And where does Ned come in? Like, what book? Do we know what book Ned comes in? Um, I'll start. I don't like Dirk. And I can give you a line as to why I don't like Dirk. Let's hear it. Right. I didn't highlight any favorite lines, but I highlighted the reason I don't like Dirk, which is on page... Uh, to do 16 and it do to do is when mr drew just came home and he and nancy are talking and then he is like hey nancy 
you have a date soon. And Nancy's like, oh, well, I might cancel it because all of this crazy stuff is happening. And then they talk a little bit more. And then Mr. Drew says, say, young lady, you'd better go dress for that date of yours. He winked. I happen to know that Dirk doesn't like to be kept waiting. And I'm just like, excuse Dirk. Whoa. He can wait as long as he damn well needs to because Nancy is a gem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, Dirk gives me really sketch vibes. Yeah. I don't, I don't like him. I honestly kind of forgot that there was anybody other than Ned. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. And so I was like, where is Ned? Yeah, it made me feel incredibly uncomfortable and I don't like him. I've never met a Dirk that I've liked, so. <laughs> I've honestly I'm... never met a Dirk. So. No, I haven't either. For good reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I kind of wonder if they wrote the first, like, the first few books came out and, you know, people didn't like Dirk. So they wrote him out, as they should. But That or, like, was Mildred playing the lawn game and setting up all of these like really gross men so then when ned comes in everyone's like oh yeah ned that's possible too you know but ned is just so great i forget that he's not in this book because Mm -hmm. this really is one of the most popular nancy drew books because it uses every single mystery trope Mm -hmm. known to man and ned's not there and bess and george aren't in this one no yeah it's I just Helen. I didn't love Helen either. Just straight up, gotta be honest with you. I it's okay. I didn't love her. She was fine, but she well, wasn't like the sassy of Bess and George that I mm-hmm. love. Yeah. Well, the best part about Bess and George is that they spend pretty much every interaction just arguing amongst each other. Right. They're constantly they're fighting. Yeah. <laughs> they're best friends and cousins. I can get behind that. <laughs> But Helen actually comes back. She's in a few of the other books. Mm -hmm. And I think she does become less annoying as she ages. She was also in the first one, right? Yeah. The the first one was The Secret of the Old Clock, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that these two, even in like um, modern iterations, are often put together as almost like one larger book. Like they overlap a lot. And even like Mm -hmm. when thinking about like the Nancy Drew game series with her interactive they they combine the tropes yes. of both of them for that game. So these book, those two books like overlap a lot with their characters, with their plots and stuff like that. So it's it's very interesting, like knowing that she's on that first one, knowing how that has transferred over into this one. Mm-hmm. That is really interesting. <laughs> uh, so with the mystery, we have all the mystery tropes. Obviously, we don't really get like get surprised or shocked by anything that's happening because we read these as children and. We've read them many times since then. But uh, was there anything that surprised you about the mystery itself? Do you remember when you first read it or like on rereading, did anything surprise you? Or did you solve the mystery before Nancy did? Oh, gosh. Well, the first time I read it, I definitely didn't solve the mystery before Nancy did. (laughs) It's an intricate mystery. It really is. Yeah. Kim, were you going to say something? So rereading it now, like, from the get-go, you know that it's Gomber. It's kind of hard to not know. that he's so sus. Yeah, Yeah. he's so sus, like, right from the start, and especially, like, in in my old age. I've gotten really (laughs) into, like, 
true crime and like true crime yeah. podcasting mm-hmm. and like stories mm-hmm. and, and shows and stuff like that. And so my my gut was like, okay, I haven't read this in a really long time, but Gomber is sus and I do not trust him. I mm-hmm. do not trust this man. And obviously that was a good hunch, like knowing what happens later in the book mm-hmm. and everything. But yeah, nothing really surprised me, but it felt like a nostalgic, like listening to the story being read to me, like felt just like a nostalgic, like, okay, yeah, like this is what has led me into like what I'm interested in now. Like it's this book had like a really big part in that. Did you, so I was talking to one of my friends last night and she pointed out, cause she also listened to a lot of the audiobooks recently, just like moving across the country. Mm-hmm. She now lives in Utah and she pointed out that she she noticed Nancy has the worst luck with weather. She finds all of her clues while she's just in storms and something will happen and she happens upon this clue because she's like sheltering from the rain or something. And so I was thinking about the hidden staircase. And I was like, there aren't really any storms, but there's like a gust of wind that blows this mm-hmm. newspaper out there that gives her a clue. And I'm just like, what? Do you guys think of that? Any thoughts about that? Well, I actually remember this fun fact that I learned in the (gasps) fifth grade. Oh, my God. Um, And I remember this because I got it wrong on the test. Oh, yeah. So you're like spiteful remembering it. (laughs) Yes. It's something that will stick with me for the rest (laughs) of my life. But especially in this age group of books. So in fifth grade, we were reading Tuck Everlasting. And... At the very end, during the climactic moment, there's a storm when everything is happening. And a lot of times in like children's books, middle grade books, there's bad weather to indicate that something important is going to happen. So like when something bad is going on, it pulls your focus in more. And so then when you discover the clue or whatever it is, you're more focused and ready to keep reading. Interesting. Yeah, that is so cool. What a good writing technique. I know. I didn't know that was an official thing. That's a real thing. (laughs) So didn't get that right on the test, but it stuck with me. (laughs) And you would get it right now. I would. If only I could go back. But yeah, so that was a really cool thing to think about when she pointed it out. I was like, oh, dang. And then we were also talking about Nancy Drew shows and movies. So, oh, yes. You guys, you gals, do you have a favorite Nancy Drew show or movie? Do you have a least favorite? Tell us. We want to know. I will start by saying I don't think any of them are good. There are, there are no honest interpretations of the books. Um, the CW show is fine, but it's not really Nancy Drew. It's like the really sexualized teenage version. I don't like the CW show. I hate scary stuff. <laughs> and it scared the crap out of me. I've seen the show that was on in the 80s. I've watched it. They completely got rid of the character Bess. Um, there's only George, but she acts like Bess. And that's oh. I don't understand <laughs> why. The movie starring Emma Roberts will always hold a special place in my heart because I was really obsessed with it in the seventh grade and I watched it all the time and I still own it on DVD. Yes. <laughs> uh, Literally same. 
<laughs> I had my portable DVD player because I wasn't allowed to have a TV in my room. And so, mm-hmm. like, I had my portable DVD player that we would take on, like, road trips and stuff like that. And, like, after my parents would go to sleep, I would put the Emma Roberts version on my portable DVD player and just watch it on repeat. I loved yes. the mystery of Delia Draycott. It was it was a good, my favorite. It was a good story. Good story. It was a really good story. They kind of messed up with the whole Bess and George thing not being yeah. there at all. But Ned is a sweetie and the mystery is really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess really ask for. that would yeah. be my favorite. Yeah. That is also my favorite. Going back to the CW show for a minute. So okay. <laughs> I one thing that I love about Nancy Drew and that I've always loved about Nancy Drew is that she grows with her audience and she grows with the times Mm -hmm. right like the way that she is in this book is very different from the way that she is in Girl Detective and the games the new games that are still coming out so like her personality and like her her traits like really shift with the time while still staying true to the core of Nancy Drew and like who she is and what she represents. I enjoyed the first season of the CW show. It took me a lot of warming up to, I don't want to like spoil anything, but I hate that her and Ned are not a thing. It actually kills me inside. And I almost didn't watch past like the first episode because of that. But I liked the story I liked the mystery and I love scary stuff now. Yeah. And so I loved like the jump scare elements to it. It made it like really just like really intriguing for me, but I'm not sure if you guys watched the second season. It was mm-hmm. really, really nope. bad. No, but <laughs> I feel like that's classic CW. Yes. They give you something that's okay with a lot of pretty faces and then every other season just gets weirder and weirder and worse yeah. and worse. I don't yeah. know. I'm a big fan of the Vampire Diaries. Yes. But after the first season, they said, <laughs> books, what are they? And they went off <laughs> all by themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Creative um, license. Yeah. I mean, I I don't like jump scares. I don't like the ghost element that was in the CW Nancy Drew. Mm -hmm. It, I don't like feeling like I'm going to pee my pants at any moment. So I, I actually, one of my friends uh, that loves scary stuff, she also was like watching it with me and she'd seen it before and she would tell me, Hey, close your eyes. And I would, it was great. Um, But then like, we didn't finish the show before I like went back to California. And so then she just, verbally told me everything that happened in the show so I knew what happened without having to watch Mm -hmm. it yeah which was so nice um but my favorite is actually the 70s slash 80s Nancy Drew Hardy Boys hot take I know okay um I just thought it was cool I thought that the vibe kind of hit the books better for me like the vibe that I got from the books is also one that I got from the show but it could also just be like because it's so old yeah and I watched I watched there was a 2019 Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase movie that just came out yes I mean just came out as in like two years ago mm-hmm. but I watched that the other night how was it? it in it yeah yeah <sighs> really bad 
I really hated it. I stopped paying attention halfway through. Mm. Nancy is a delinquent in it, like a very smart delinquent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's the, I watched that before I actually read the Hidden Staircase again, and I think that's why I liked Patrick. Like Officer Patrick is because in the movie he was young and really sweet to Nancy. He was like mm. the Ned character before Ned came in. But it was eh. The yeah. end of it was kind of cool. The way that they showed what was happening in the secret passageway um, and how the house was being quote unquote haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, is eh. yeah. you don't have to watch it if you don't want to and I won't. flora's house though her yard is covered with pink flamingos and mm-hmm. like pinwheels and stuff they really really make her like an eccentric woman and flora movie. is the coolest she's always the coolest she is very cool <laughs> she is very cool kim is obsessed i'm obsessed with aunt flora <laughs> uh, okay not that i want to keep going back to the cw show but I do just want to go back and say, <laughs> I don't mind the scary element or like the mystery element, but I think the biggest problem is that they, it felt like they took too many liberties with the characters is my mm-hmm. issue is they, I think Nancy Drew should grow at the times. You don't have to have Nancy Drew set in the thirties or set in the fifties, but sh- you have to remain true to the themes and to the characters. And when you aren't, then it's a bad interpretation of the books, mm-hmm. I think. I Which agree. is why Nancy Drew is a delinquent is so dumb to me. Have you met Nancy Drew? Right. right. <laughs> Have you met her father? He is a lawyer. So, uh, yeah, it's really interesting to me. Kim, if you could be any character from Nancy Drew, who would you be? Okay, so obviously it's Nancy. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, is there another answer? Yes. Um, Yeah, I just like growing up and even now, like I just I see myself like with the same kind of, okay, like here's this mystery. I'm going to solve it. I am independent. I don't need anybody else. I'm brave. I can do this. And yeah, love Nancy. We'll always love Nancy. Love that. Yeah, me too. I mean, Nancy Drew, I just want to be her. I want to be her so bad. Although... With my friends. I'm sure you guys with your friends also played Nancy Drew when you were little. I was always Bess. So. What is that? I love Bess. <laughs> well, I just didn't want to be I Bess. am Bess. <laughs> Look, I love Bess too. But when you want to be Nancy, you she don't want to constantly food. be she cast as. <laughs> she gets scared easily. She is herself. I love Bess. <laughs> she gets all the men. I mean, <laughs> She does. I was always Nancy. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm just massively obsessed with Nancy Drew, you guys. Julia, you were there when I wrote my Nancy Drew TV show. I have a problem. I did. I read in that one. I think I read. I think you did. Yeah, I think you were the villain, weren't you? Probably. I have Maggie. Have you been holding out on (laughs) it? I apologize, Kim. I'll be waiting for it in my email. It's really good. You should read it. Thank you so much, Julia. Kim, I'll send you the first episode. And then when I ever write the second episode, I'll invite you to be Nancy. (gasps) Well, the Nancy character. Her name is Dream come true. Dream come true. (laughs) I still want to be the villain. Okay, done. I mean. Right. Or (laughs) Bess or both, you know. Oh, what if the villain 
is was best. best. <gasps> okay, oh something. <laughs> that would go completely against Bess's character, guys. Yes, we literally just talked would, about not doing that. It would disrupt my morals, but wow, what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so to shift gears just a little bit, we're just going to spend a few minutes talking about our all-time favorite scary books just to get us in the mood for that element of the October season. Kim, do you have a favorite scary book? Oh, yeah. Horror is my genre. Like, all of my bookshelf is is horror mystery thriller-based. Like, all of it. Okay, Um, and so this is my jam. Um, my all-time favorite horror novel, though, is called Heart-Shaped Box, and it's by Joe Hill, which is actually Stephen King's son. Um, Whoa! Yeah, so he he writes very similarly to his dad, like very descriptive. You can you can easily picture it, um, and you can really like easily put yourself into the narrative. Um, but this book, he has a collection of short stories that came out, I believe, before this that I read and I loved, and so I knew that I wanted to read this one. And it actually takes place in a town about like thirty minutes north of my hometown, and so like it was even like on top of that, like I could picture like the exact location and like what the scenery would look like at this time of year and Mm -hmm. it was a true scary book like it had actual ghost elements to it that like could interact with you it had jump scares like what I love about horror movies is the the element of being scared like Mm -hmm. I, I love jump scares like I mentioned before but I don't always get that in a book because you can read like the elongated telling of the jump scare. So it's not really there for me, but in this book, it was absolutely there. And um, it made my blood run cold quite Mm. a few times. And I, I love this book. I recommend it to everybody. It is not for the faint of heart. So it is very graphic. Um, Again, very much like Stephen King. It is written in that same style. It is very, very descriptive and does have some really difficult, moments in it um so it is not for the faint of heart so keep that in mind but it is start to finish an incredible book and it and it is very captivating and i love that book oh nice Mm -hmm. okay julia what about you in high school and college i actually did read a lot of stephen king books and I decided i don't even know when i decided but i decided that i actually like mystery thrillers better than scary horror books Mm -hmm. um so my favorite spooky book that's more of a mystery thriller is probably like the guest list oh great book yeah by lucy foley lucy foley i was gonna say lauren foley but i knew that wasn't right because that i mean i listened to the audiobook of that while i was driving across the country and was like it had me on the edge of my seat and it wasn't like scary, scary, but it definitely had its moments where I was like, oh, tell me more. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Love that. You, Maggie, do you have a favorite spooky book? Thank you for asking. So I kind of <laughs> have um, two answers and one is actually a book that I talked about in our last episode and it's the book Diviners by Libba Bray. It's the first in a series But the rest of the series didn't really get me as much. But the first one is so incredibly haunting to me. 
But there are other elements because it's really about, it's like a coming of age story for these young women in the 1920s. But they realize that they can contact spirits. And there is a serial killer, like the ghost of a serial killer, who's trying to cross to the other side. And they're like, trying to figure out what his deal is. And it is literally so scary. It gave me nightmares when I was reading it for I the would, first time. I would read that actually. It's yeah, so I'm good. On my to be yeah. Yeah. I cannot recommend it enough. And then I just want to give a shout out to this book because it is my favorite Stephen King story. And that is Misery. Um, mm, that story. Terrifying. Terrifying. Mm. I'm sure most people have seen the movie. If you haven't, it's pretty dang good. Kathy Bates. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. She is giving a performance of a lifetime. I don't think that needs much more explanation. It's just no. scary as heck. It's I mean, so you, good. Uh, yeah. Well, you did answer the next question. Has a book oh. ever given you nightmares? Is The Diviners. Yes, The Diviners has yeah. given you nightmares. For me personally, It by Stephen King mm. gave me nightmares when I first read it. When you mm-hmm. read it. When I read it and I had the book on my shelf for a very long time and it was the mass paperback version. So it had like a scary, a tiny, scary Uh clown on the binding. Mm. I actually had to turn that around on my shelf. Like I couldn't even, it was terrifying. And I finally like in a garage sale, got rid of all of my Stephen King books. So I was like, (laughs) I'm never going to read these again. They terrify me. Just someone take it, please. (laughs) What about you, Kim? Do you get nightmares from spooky books? Not really. Not from books. I I have from movies based off of books. Um, But yeah, books themselves, not particularly. Um, Growing up, though, I was a chicken about everything. Like, everything scared me. Um, And I've just become desensitized in my old age. So um, I would, like, scary stories to tell in the dark brought me to tears um and there was one night that they were well one day in school like during library around halloween time they were reading some of them like for the read aloud portion of our library special and um i went home and could not sleep because i kept thinking that i was seeing faces in my curtains oh no i'm so sorry yeah and like my parents wrote into the school like you can't (laughs) tell little kids these stories they can't like determine if they're real or not like they were a little bit uh a little bit intense about it but yeah i mean to be fair Gave me nightmares, I guess. Don't tell kids scary stories. That is not right. your job. <laughs> right. Like, I get it. You want to be like, it is Halloween and you want to tell us some scary stuff, but I am five years old and I'm still scared of the dark and sleep with the nightlight on. So you can't tell me these things. <laughs> now it's not the time. You now know, time. Um, to our listeners, in case you're wondering about mine and Kim's personal lives, Kim was actually the person to introduce me to scary movies. The first scary movie I ever saw was The Conjuring, and that was with Kim, and I was so afraid I made Kim stand in the shower while I peed because I refused to be alone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're such a good friend, Kim. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. (laughs) I kind of forgot that that happened, and I just... I'm very proud of you for how far you. you've come. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And have you seen anything since then? 
Yes. I've seen both of the It movies and Haunting of Hill House. I'm very proud. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really growing up. I remember we we just, we did so much to scare each other in that apartment. And I just, <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you remember Demon Rapunzel? <laughs> so when we were working for Disney, they had like an animation drawing class where an actual animator would teach you how to draw and I'm really not artistic like not an artistic bone in my body and drew Rapunzel at one of these thing at one of these like events and she looked like she was straight out of a Tim Burton movie yes. like her eyes pierced your soul and she was very scary and so we called her demon Rapunzel and I worked an off shift from everybody else in the apartment there were six of us in the apartment I worked until four in the morning, so I was getting home when, like, Maggie was going to work sometimes, and we would hide Demon Rapunzel around the apartment, and the and I was on the bottom bunk, and there was one time where I got home at, like, four in the morning, well, I got off at four, so I didn't even get home until, like, five, oh, five thirty, no. and crawled into bed opened my eyes and her eyes were just peering over the slats on the bunk <laughs> and I almost like I almost screamed and woke everybody up and I just it was it was a time it was God. really a time that's amazing she oh traveled God. so she like I think that our our old roommate Allison might have her now but for a while there we were sending her back and forth to yeah. each other and Demon Rapunzel will live on forever. Forever and ever. Forever. God, that just unlocked a whole lot of memories for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm leveling up. Sorry so. to go off topic. but No, that's amazing. <laughs> Kim and I are friends for life, you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. We've seen too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like once you, you pee with someone else in the shower, like that's, that's, that's it. Stealing the deal. That's true friendship. And actually, yeah. Kim, you weren't there, but we just recorded a mini-sode for our Patreon. And Kim is the person I went to Ireland with. Oh, hey! Yeah. Is that you took the picture, Maggie, that's on our our promo for this I episode. sure did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Really cool. The best trip of my life. Honestly, down. same. Kim, you need to come visit me in Scotland so we can have another trip of a lifetime. I would love to because you are actually the ideal travel partner. Thank you so much. I feel the same about you. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh my goodness. We just travel really well together. We do. You do need to find those people, the ones yeah. that you don't travel well with, and then like ask you to travel with them later. You're just like, uh, no, thanks. this is awkward. <laughs> I'm going to pass on this wonderful like, I opportunity. I do want to go there, but I'm going to go at a different time than you are. Mm-hmm. So question for you both. Do you know what you're going to be for Halloween? Sure do. Tell us. Well, I'm going to be Elle Woods and my dog is going to be Bruiser Woods. Yay! Obsessed. I'm obsessed with that. Thank you. I got my dress. I'm ready to go. It's pink. I ordered a pink square purse so Matilda can sit in my purse all night. I'm obsessed. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. 
So I, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of a move right now and I'll be moving like the second or third week of October. So I don't know what Halloween is going to look like for me, but I'm obsessed with like the ghost trend of like, just like the sheet ghost trend that everybody's doing and everybody did last year, like on TikTok and Instagram and everything like that. I think that it is adorable to just have a sheet ghost in everyday situations. And so either way, my partner and I will probably do something at our house um, if we aren't able to make it out anywhere or anything. Um, and I will absolutely be going as a sheet ghost. Amazing. You have you read, have you read Sheets by Brenna Thumler? No. Because... It's a graphic novel. It's my favorite graphic novel. And in this universe, when you die in the afterlife, you are given a sheet. And that is what you have to wear to like keep your soul together. And then this sheet ghost, Wendell, haunts a laundromat. Stop that. For real. You said that right now. <laughs> it's really cute. Oh, wow. I have to I have to read that. Yeah. There's a song called Ghosting. Um, I couldn't tell you who it's by right now, but it is like the story of a sheet ghost. Okay, I thought like... you were talking about the Ariana Grande oh, song. Oh, no, <laughs> no. But it's literally like a song about a sheet ghost who is like haunting a house and then decides, you know, like, I don't need to haunt anybody anymore. Like, I can be my own independent ghost person. And like folds the sheets all nice and like leaves them for the person of the house and it is the sweetest most halloween song on the planet and i've been listening to that non-stop so i, I definitely feel like that is my inspiration oh for this i year. love that i'll have to yeah. find that it's so good i'll i'll try and find out who sings it it's so good julia what about you so mine is like kind of a weird costume because it's a character that is not from the show she-Ra, but would be in the show She-Ra if there were more seasons of it. Oh. Yes. So technically, I am playing like a completely headcanon character of the child of Catra and Adora. So... I don't know anything about that universe, but that is awesome. Oh my god, it's (laughs) it's hugely nerdy. Um, The creator, well, the creator of the new She-Ra, Noelle Stevenson, wrote out like this this character named Finn, who is the child, the like non-binary child of Catra and Adora, and it's just like this blonde, short blonde hair, like cat child that wears like cut off white t-shirt and black pants and just has like a tail and is very cool. Um, And it kind of goes like with my aesthetic anyway. And I love She-Ra so much. Um, I'm hoping there are listeners that we have that know who I'm talking about. Otherwise, this is really, really nerdy. And that's what I'm doing for (laughs) Halloween. Love Love it. it. No one's going to know what I am. Did we just say that at the same time? I think we did. We just had a moment. (laughs) <laughs> are we in are we in love? We might be. Oh my god. Julia, I'm sorry you have to third wheel. <laughs> I did um look it up and that song is called Ghosting by Mother Mother. Oh, Mother Mother. Mm-hmm. I actually know that band. I don't know that band. That is the only song that I know from that band, but it is a very good song. Um, you know, I actually know that band because of the book podcast that I listen to. It's those podcasters' favorite band. Oh, world's colliding. Circle of life, if you will. Books Unbound. Books Unbound. The Canadian version of us. Yes, the more popular (laughs) Canadian version of us. Well, they've been doing it longer, so of course they're more popular. That's true. 
Uh, Julia and Kim, do you guys have any book recommendations for people looking for a good Nancy Drew or maybe just a good autumnal read in general? I have a couple. Okay. Um, So, I mean, obviously there are so many Nancy Drew books to read. Check them out if you haven't. And it sounds like the audiobooks are also very good too. So you should definitely check those out. But um, my suggestions are actually The Guest List by Mm -hmm. Lucy Foley. Or my favorite autumnal book is um, A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. And there was a point in my life where I was reading it literally every September for like four years because the book starts at like the beginning of September. It takes place in Oxford and it's so cool. It's such a cool book. So y'all should check it out. I would definitely recommend Heart Shaped Box. Like I said, it is like true to the bone scary. Um, But I just pulled up my Libby app and I just finished last week a book called The Burning Girls by CJ Tudor and Gemma Whelan. Um, and that one takes place in, um, in the UK and it's some true crime. It's some scare. Mm. It's some like supernatural forces and it ends on such a unique twist. Loved that book. So highly recommend Very cool. Love that. Love that. I'll just go back and recommend the diviners again. If you're looking for a good ghost spirit book. Set in the 1920s, which I'm always looking for. I also just want to say my one of my favorite Nancy Drews, and this is purely from from memory. This book, this one stuck with me, and it's uh, the mystery of the glowing eye. Do you guys remember that one, where it's literally an eye on the cover? Yes, I yeah, remember that one. That one is a good one, and Nancy gets herself into a really sticky situation. So check it out. You guys, I'm so sorry. I have one more book to recommend. And this is a graphic novel. And this graphic novel is basically if the season of autumn had a baby, it would be this book. And it's called Pumpkin Heads by Rainbow Rowell. And it is literally, it's like so autumn. Spiced chai, picking apples, pumpkin patches. Corn mazes, scarecrows. It's like all of, it's just autumn on autumn on autumn in this book. Right. You will finish it and be like, that's it. I did. That sounds my, like uh-huh. a dream. <laughs> I like Rainbow Rowell. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. For yeah. the most part, she's hit or miss for me, but I really like pumpkin heads. Well, I mean, the only ones that I've read are Carry On and then the second one, Wayward Son. And those were very good. They're very Harry Potter-esque. I feel like I've talked about them on the podcast or maybe the Patreon, but... I think on the Patreon, yeah. Carry On was a very good book, and I really, really got along with the emo character in it. You always do. Are we surprised? Nope. (laughs) With that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Kim, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Of course. Uh, If you loved what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family members. And if you're listening with Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our Patreon. We release extra content pretty much every week. And if you're in certain tiers, you even get merch. You can also choose to buy us a book, which is a one-time donation option available through PayPal, which can be found in our link tree on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. 
And if you have any book suggestions or questions, feel free to email us at novelfindspodcast at gmail.com. Our email, Patreon, and Instagram handle can be found in our bio. Again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.